0: firm God, fixed in heaven, whose faith or who has given his son for us to face faith in heaven. And that faith is solid and fixed in him. Let's go to our God in prayer once more this morning. Almighty God, we thank you for the opportunity we have together this morning and to worship you, to delight in you. Lord, you are such a good and faithful God. You are with us in moments of highs and lows. You are a God who will not forsake us, who will not leave us, who will not abandon us. You are a God who remains forever. God, we pray for our church family this week. Lord, and and just the various things that have gone on where we pray for our dear sister and the loss of her husband we want to continue to pray for phyllis and the rest of larry's family lord as they continue to grieve in the loss of our dear brother dear. father be with them, sustain them i remind them even this morning that the rich truths we have in christ of our eternal hope and secure hope in christ jesus father we also want to pray Lord, giving you thanks and praise, Lord, for answered prayer, Lord, for our brother Stephen. Lord, we praise you that you helped him to come off the ventilator this week, and Lord, uh, while he's still weak in a a road of recovery, Lord, that he is feeling better and and voice is growing stronger. Lord, we thank you for this gift and pray that you will continue to be with him in my condemnation uh, in the days and weeks ahead as he recovers. God, we thank you for these things that we know you're with us in the midst of. It. And Father, Lord, we don't want to pray just for ourselves, but we want to pray for our sister church uh, there in Odin First Baptist Church, and their pastor, Lord, or Roger Lai. Father, Lord, we pray for for our sister church there, and, and just ask Lord that they would be a church that remembers your truth, remembers that you are a God who is near and who is faithful and be trusted. We pray that. Uh, first Baptist to church, uh, there note the Lord would glorify you and exalt you this morning. but we also want to pray for those around the world. We want to pray Lord for the Hakka people in East Asia Lord, a people that is mixed with Buddhist and ethnic religions. Father Lord, we thank you for IME uh, missionaries that are present in this region and just pray Lord for them to have opportunities to be bold and declared, clearly the gospel of Jesus Christ, where that it would turn many parts amongst the Hakka people to you.
1: Lord, break this ethnic religions that take place
0: there where they worship uh folk Lord and different things of ancestral worship. Lord we pray for that they, uh, they will see that Buddha was has a a date of birth and a date of death and he did not rise. Lord, so do this work amongst the popular people. Help them to see the truth of the gospel and believe in Jesus. Father, Lord, we also want to just pray uh, for our nation. Lord, we want to pray as your word has called us to pray for those in authority over us. Lord, so this morning we want to pray for President Biden. Lord, we pray Lord, that you would surround him with wise counselors. Counselors that will help lead out the foolishness that we are seeing currently taking place God we pray that you will use wise counselors to help lead and advise Or we pray for a wise leader What well, you can do this we turn and hand it over to you and ask for you to be a word there
1: And God we also want to
0: pray for our nation in particular, even our area as COVID-19 continues to spread. where so many are being hit uh, closer to home and fills this time uh, with this virus. So we just pray, Lord, for, for our church body, Lord, protect us from this virus. Lord, protect others around us. Protect our
1: city from it. Lord, help
0: wipe it out and eradicate it once more. So Father, we pray these things because you are the good God. We turn them over to We ask for you to work with us. We are helpless. We trust in you. We see you. Will you hear us this morning? Now, Father, as we come to the preaching and teaching of your word, we pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see the richness of who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, may we hear your words and hold fast. And those words shape us and mold us into Christ's likeness. But we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As a 30 something year old man, I have already applied for more jobs than I will care to over the course of the last probably 12, 14 years each job i applied for there comes this little thing called a job description and not once not once have i had a good job description that actually laid out everything that i'm supposed to do especially with the important things including that in church ministry
1: yeah they, they lay
0: out as pastor you're, you're to do these things to teach to to witness they don't tell you think about your transition. Says. Music it is changing from one thing to the next or, uh, or anything like that. Or the better one is, is in athletic equipment. When I was taking care of all the inventory, that, that was listed. What wasn't listed was what I did the most. I was a strap and sport bra washer. <laughs> in, in athletic equipment, you handle all the dirty laundry, of all the athletes, male, female, and that stuff just stinks. I, I, I'm really, a, a job strap washer and sport ball expert. Because that's all I get with my day. Do inventory, oh, washers has gone off, gotta go change it. Oh, now I gotta go change it again and pull it out, now put it up. That's another as well.
1: But they were always left
0: out of the job description. Things of, uh, uh, basics often even as we would look for pastoral opportunities were left off of those job description. You have care for the members, take care of uh, the sick and, and those hurting, were basic things. Uh, of yeah, you, you might find yourself week one unlocking and locking up the church. Uh, things like that that are often left off those job description. You know what if God gave us a job description that we were clueless to? Or left off things that we had to somehow figure out along the way. You know, often I think in, in our Christian faith, we think that's the case. Okay, God, what do you want of me? What, what do you expect of me in, in Christianity 101? But the thing is, God has not left us clueless. He showed us in our text this morning, in Ecclesiastes 12, through the words of Psalm, the preacher key. Here's the whole dude. That's what I want us to look at this morning in Ecclesiastes 12, as we close out our time in Ecclesiastes. This book has been a unique study. As we've learned, there's a lot of morbidness, too. There's a lot of talk of death and death coming, and we'll see that once more this morning.
1: But if we don't realize the reality of death
0: that's trying to teach us, then we can't rightly live. We each have a death date that's unknown and coming. Solomon's been trying to, to guide us along the way. So be ready for it. Be ready for it. Live rightly until it comes, though. Here's your lot there's a time to be born and a time to die. So what? What are you doing in between? I think uh, Larry's son in law pointed that well out in, in the funeral on uh, Friday. He pointed out, well, what are we doing in that in-between of life and death, of being born and dying? Solomon continues to show us that this morning. Wisdom is elusive. Everything is vanity. But we're called to love and fear God. To love to Him. And that's really his main point throughout it all. And I hope we see that as we close here. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open to Ecclesiastes 12, if you're not already there, Ecclesiastes 12, we're going to read uh, these short 14 verses, and then, um, like we do each week, we're going to unpack them. We're going to see what is the main point of this text, and and what was being said, and how it applies to our lives, because this this word still speaks, and that's what we want to hear from this morning. So Ecclesiastes 12, beginning in verse 1 remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near which you will say i have no pleasure in them before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are dark and the clouds return after the rain in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are uh, few and those who look through the window are dim and the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low, they are afraid also of what is high, and tears are in the way. The almond tree blossoms. The grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying, and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goats, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected saints. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end. In much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every demon into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. The main point of this text, I think, is this. Our whole duty as man is to fear and obey God, for he is our creator and shepherd. That's it. repeat me. Our whole duty as man is to fear and obey God, for he is our creator and shepherd. We're going to look at this in three points. Remember our Creator, teachings of the shepherd, and the whole duty of man. Let's look at remember your Creator. Back in in chapter 11 last week, we saw this call to remember the days of darkness will be many. As Solomon was teaching, of what was coming, he's saying, rejoice in the days of light that you have, rejoice in them, but beware, remember that there's also going to be many days of darkness. But here comes the second remembrance that he's trying to drive home as this ties back into what we had studied last week. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Now, youth here is not talking about a matter of age while it's partially true it's not the whole of what he's getting at as he uses this word youth the youth is in the youthfulness of the day the days before death the days before it strikes brothers and sisters no matter our age how younger or older we are we're in the days of our youth even now so let let that sink in now before we go any further sink in that the days of our youth are the days we have still before us. Remember our creator now. But before we go there, I want us to look at the why we need to remember our creator. So look at verses 2 through 8 here. Uh, We're going to slowly work our way through here. Why we need to remember our creator. Why? Because there in verse 1, before the evil days come, and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. If days of darkness are coming, and there are going to be many, then we must remember our Creator before they come. Because as we find ourselves in the midst of sorrows and trials and sufferings, it's harder in that moment to remember who our Creator is. It's harder in the midst of it to remember who our Creator is. It's always better to prepare for suffering at a time than to try and develop a theology of suffering while in the midst of it. This is why we remember. But notice how it describes these days of darkness. It goes, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain and the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men. Are bent and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed. Light, 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 dimmed. The song is getting at here is the light of life beginning to fade. The light of life beginning to fade for our bodies, our eyes growing weaker. When it talks about the grinders, that of of teeth beginning to decay and crumble. He's talking about that of literally getting over and coming and seeing death knocking at the door and not having a clue who it is you're going to meet. That's what he's saying here, the dark days, the evil days that are coming. We don't know when sickness may strike. We don't know when a young child may be fighting for his or her life, even just a matter of weeks old. We don't know when cancer may develop a loved one. I've already watched cancer take that of my grandpa at a young age, or my granddad at a young age. I watched cancer take that of an aunt in her 50s. All she wanted to do was live long enough to see her granddaughter be born. And she lived nine years after they gave her nine months. Praise God for that. But we don't know when those things will come. We don't know whether we'll make it to the prime of our life or not. But these things are coming. Old age, at the very least, is coming, even if we stay healthy all of our lives. It's coming for us all. It just continues, and the doors on the street are shut, and the sound of the grinding is low. And one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all of the daughters of song are brought are low. They're afraid also of what is high, and tears are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Not to mention going back to the strong man felon. It's really hard when you've got. Men especially as we were able to do all sorts of
1: things, and as we get older in each
0: season of life, a new season comes, finding we we're able to do less and less of the things we used to be able to do. It's hard because one of these men we're typically proud. Of.
1: We like doing things on our own. We don't
0: like asking for help. It's hard as that reality sets in and that strength to fail when strong and capable of anything begins finding we have to ask help on simple things that used to we never thought a thing about you know even as a kid i used to laugh and mock at my dad he he was like my granddad was overweight he he turned gray-headed early before he was 30 he was fully gray-headed almost i used to laugh at him and, and tell him he, he didn't even get it together until I found myself struggling with the same thing. How quickly it came. It seemed like it was 12, 14 years ago I was, was doing that, now simply climbing the ladder, trying to fix the garage door, leaves myself aches and pains, and That was used to be simple things, I could go day to night. Our bodies have a way to slow decay, reminding us of this day, this evil day that's coming. This happens for us all, but if we look at it in verse six, it goes on to tell us, "Remember the days of the creator, before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the mill broken at the cistern. cistern. All of these are containers holding water, and if they're broken, that means what? Water goes sh- spewing everywhere. The last pitcher breaks. Water's going everywhere up the floor. That of that a well or, or a, a fountain, it breaks. Water's going everywhere. It flows out of it. And the same is true when death comes. Life flows out of us. It's going to flow out.
1: And that's where it goes on in verse 7 to make clear
0: Unless lest we, we doubt. It says, And the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Why do we need to remember our Creator? Because our bodies will age and fail, and eventually we're all going to die. I know that seems morbid. I know that seems uh, not like a positive and and inspiring message. But the reality is this is true. This is what Solomon wants to get across to those in Israel. Death is coming, and you're going to have to stand before the one who created you. You're going to have to stand before that Creator God as your spirit returns. Before even one down at verse 14 with me. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Why do we need to remember our Creator? Because not only are we going to die, as we looked at last week, we're going to stand before God, our Creator, in judgment and every secret thing, good or evil, is going to be laid out. He's gonna know it all, and it's going to be exposed. Brothers and sisters, friends, no matter what secret thing, what secret hatred you have in your heart, no matter what secret sin you think you have covered, it's going to be exposed for all.
1: It's all going to be laid out before this God who created us.
0: And unless we remember that, there's no hope after death. We need to remember our Creator now in realizing who it is we're going to give an account to. Because death comes for us all. So, how do we remember our Creator? Our youth, before it is too late, before this day comes. One, thing we need to remember that He is our Creator and therefore He owns us. If you look at a painting or you look at some garden design, who comes up with how it's to function? The one who makes it. I don't have any right to come and tell how he should do his flower bed. I could give him counsel and advice, but he probably should be counseling me on that. He's the one. It's his home. He has the right to design and create that how it is. Therefore, our creator who made us is the one to call the shots. He's the one who has the right to tell us how we should live and not live. He has the right to own every aspect of us. He has the right to define what is good and evil, not us. And he's not left it unknown to us either. He's made it known through his given word. He did not leave Israel as they were brought out of Egypt, clueless of what to do as they stood before him as his people. He gave them the law on Mount
1: Sinai.
0: I think the former pastor of mine put it well in his book, What is the Gospel? He says, "None of us is autonomous, and understanding that fact is key to understanding the gospel. Despite our constant talk of rights and liberty, we are not really free as or we are not really as free as we would think. We are created, we are made, and therefore we are owned. We are owned by God as our creator. He calls the shots." not us. We are not our own. That's why every secret thing will be laid before him, will be exposed, and that sin will be judged by the righteous and holy God who made us. We will be held accountable for how we despised the Creator and rejected him as God. And yet, and yet, despite it all, despite how often we sin, how the secret things in our hearts that we thought no one knew, God knows, He continues to love us and pursue us,
1: even as we have rejected Him as our Creator. And he pursued
0: after us. He pursued after that of Abraham, even after the people had to be dispersed because of their one language, much transgression. Have you ever thought about that, Christian? In Genesis 11, the people are scattered because of what happens in battle. He disperses them because they're they're doing great evil, and in the following chapter, we meet Abraham who God chooses as his own. As his own representative, which the tribe of Israel will come from. The people are, are then later taken into Egypt and enslaved. And God chooses the people, goes after them, pursues them, rescues them from the hand of Pharaoh, delivers them across the Red Sea, gives them the law, and yet right after God doing all of this, providing for all their needs, they reject God. As Moses is giving the law, the people can turn and take an idol, a golden path, and begin to. They quickly rejected and yet God continued to pursue after them. He sent the prophets to warn the people of Israel time and time again, Repent and turn to me. Turn to me and you will live. And God continued to pursue his people despite their rejection. Israel would go on to kill the prophets and God sent his only son this time to pursue and yet they killed him on the cross God pursued us to the point of not withholding his own beloved son in order to come and rescue us Why do we need to remember our creator? Because it's the same creator that pursued us to rescue us from the grips of our sin and death. We remember who this creator is and what he's done now. We hold to it. Christian, one of the things I'm most convinced by the churches who are struggling is because we take these things for granted. We don't love God because we don't see the depth and the length of what he did to pursue after us, though we despised and rejected him. Christian, no matter how good we think we were before Christ, we were a rebel, standing in sin. We spat in the face of the one who created us and made us. And yet God continued to pursue us and love us and offered us eternal life in his beloved Son. That all who would believe in him should not perish but have
1: eternal life.
0: This is the God, the creator, who has us and loves us. And friend, if you're sitting here this morning or, or watching later at some point on live stream and you do not know this Christ, today is the day. Turn from your sins and believe. See the fact that this God loves us despite our sin, despite our shame. Solomon wants us to remember the Creator because this is who our Creator is. He made us in His image, in His likeness. He desires relationship with us that He's pursued time and time again. He does not need us, but yet He wants relationship with us. And what God we
1: have, what kind
0: of God? is this, the God that has been written up through His Word. Neither remember our Creator in the days of our youth. now, before the days of darkness come. His Creator is worthy of remembrance. It's it's worthy of worship and adoration. And that's what Solomon has been teaching. He's been trying to show us all his vanity, under the sun the s-u-n but remember i sent my son to die on the cross to rescue you my image bearers, for your salvation to know to be in relationship with you i just remember this creator and the whole point again Solomon did this is where we turn it two the teachings of the shepherd it says there in verse 9 besides being wise the creature also taught the people knowledge way in studying and arranging many problems with great care so Solomon is either shifting perspectives or somebody else is finishing this up but the point is, is showing here, Solomon has taught, the preacher has taught the people of knowledge, waiting in uh, studying the arranging many proverbs with great care. He taught with carefulness and attention to detail. But notice how it goes on here to describe this teaching. It says there in verse 10: the preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. So these teachings, not only were they handled carefully, but they were true. They were true words, true teachings. That's what the the preacher, the preacher King Solomon was trying to get at. But even more so, look at verse 11. The words of the wise are like goats, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected saints. They are given by the one shepherd one shepherd. God spoke through prophets and through his anointing, including that of Solomon. The words that we've seen here in Ecclesiastes are indeed that of the word of the one shepherd, God. These are the eternal words of God given to
1: us. And Solomon aimed to handle it carefully yeah. in the great care
0: to speak truth do you know why we gather and still preach the word for more time than we see in other aspects of the church it's not to to
1: boast egos of preachers it's not even about me as the
0: preacher myself or whoever else stands in the pulpit anywhere it's to make known this one God in his eternal word that's true so let me try this once more. Look back at verse 11. The words of the wise were like goats and like nails firmly fixed for the collected sayings. So a goat is a long stick used to direct and redirect cattle and other herds, tapping them, trying to, to get them to go where they're needed to go. And the words the preacher key are like goats directing us. Here's where we go. Don't go to the right. There's a ditch over here. Don't go to the left. There's a water hole over here. The goats directing our lives. Here's how we should go. Keeping us from harm. Guiding us step by step. But not only are are the words like goats in in guiding us. Notice what else it says. Like the firmly fixed are the collected sayings and what now, rightly, is hard to come out. It stays there fixed until it's intentionally removed. The words of the wise are fixed. They don't fail. They're
1: eternal.
0: This Bible, this word, is fixed. It still speaks Two thousand years after Christ came, and it will speak forever. It's finished eternally. That is why this is the primary time of our gathering, is left to the preaching, and the careful handling of the word of God. Because God has given us his word to guide us, to teach us. He's given it as a means so that we don't go to the right or to the left. We know the path to go on. And he's guarding us from our own selves. And he's fixing his word, reminding us he is the unchanging God. He does not change. We change. He changes not. This is our God. Why would we not want to him? And why would we not want to hold the teachings of the one
1: shepherd? His teachings instruct us. They guide us. 2
0: <laughs> Timothy 3.16-17 through 17 tells us, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Scriptures, the Bible, are for our good and benefit. Let us hold fast to these words, the teachings of the wise shepherd, which all of them point to Christ. But we need to also see what it says there in verse 12 My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. So we need to hold firmly to God's word, but we also need to beware of other teachings. Now, this is, is not saying we should be aware of learning, of growth, of study, of all sorts of subjects. But how must we hold on to those studies for our value? security is what it's saying. We, I love the study of science. I love learning things of creation. My brother and I would watch any animal movie, we would always watch shark, we were curious about that of the world. That's a good and right thing. But our internal security is not in that learning of all these subjects. I think things like study of psychology, sociology, can all be good things, but if that's where We start with those. Those are driving things that we hold on to for every source of knowledge and wisdom that we're not going to get it. Those are flawed because they start with some other assumption other than God. God's word starts with him and ends with him. That's to shape all of our learning. We're to beware of it because there would be preachers and, and teachers out there who would call themselves Christians and come to the pulpit and say, you know what, I'm going to read one verse and then I'm never going to return to my Bible. Or worse, is, is the man that might go and he comes up here to preach. And I've seen that done.
1: This must be our
0: starting point for ending point of the Christian faith. The word of God it's fixed, it's trustworthy. All other things, as study goes on, it continues to change. Not God's word. Beware of the teachings outside of God's word. Beware of the teachings that don't start and end with God, because they will lead us astray. Beware of those kind of teachings. All of this, remember our Creator. Teachings of the one shepherd. All of this drives us to the whole duty of man, which is where we turn to the whole duty of man. The end of the matter, all has been heard. So everything's been laid out. There's evil under the sun, there's oppression, there's all these things. Beware of all the dark things. The end of the matter is this, though. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man.
1: Our job description
0: is laid out in clarity, in clearness. It includes everything. Everything we are called to do as Christians falls under these two categories: fear God and keep his commands. That's our duty. So let's start with fear of God. Oftentimes the idea of fear of God is, is used the idea of all in reverence. And yet this all-in-reverence language doesn't quite grasp this idea of the theory of God right now. Ezekiel 11, 28 says this, Like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness all around. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard the voice of one speaking. Ezekiel spoke and wrote these words as he saw the glory of the Lord he was not just in awe in the sense of amazement. he trembled with fear because of who he saw Ezekiel understood he was a sinner and yet he's before this holy, this magnificent this almighty God no doubt it was trembling. But not in fear of this long reverence you your And especially think back to the day you married your brother. To you look at your face, and probably the trembling in your knees. I was that type of way so much that so I was ready to shut my own father out of the way because he was walking on you with Darcy. Was trembling. Yes, and all, more than It was the yes, fear of God It is he knew he deserved to in his presence. That's what Ezekiel felt. Sinful fear would cause us, though, to turn and run from God. This right fear of God doesn't cause us to turn and run from God. The sinful fear is driven from the fact that we're exposed by God in our sin and wants to turn and run from him. This right fear though, instead of turning and running, it goes to fall in before God. I'm not worthy, but I'm gonna trust and lean in you. I'm gonna come into your presence. Charles Spurgeon puts it this way. It is a fear that leans for the Lord because of his goodness. The right fear of God causes us before God in worship in all because we realize whose presence we are in and our complete unworthiness of it. Christian, we don't deserve to stand before this holy God. It is by grace and grace alone and Christ
1: alone that we stand with certainty and security. It is nothing of
0: our efforts. This is why our only boast is that of Jesus. What he's done. We can't love much until we understand the length that God has gone to to rescue us. Too many Christians have a shallow love of God because they think too highly of themselves. We need a right view of ourselves of who God is. Marvel. We will fear God when we begin to understand. In his hymn written in 1738, Charles Wesley wrote this: "And can it be,
1: and can it be,
0: that I should get an interest in the Savior's love? that He for me, who caused His pain; for me, who Him to death pursuit, Amazing love! How can it be that Thou, my God, should die for me? And can it be?" my God should love me. This is what drives the fear of God. And this question: how God, how can you love such a wretch like me? Just in the other hand, amazing grace as well.
1: Amazing grace, how sweet this is.
0: That's the love that's been poured out for us. By God. So how do we grow in the spirit of God? One, a right reading of the Bible. Too often the best meaning to the pages of the Bible is a little Bible study or a short devotional. I'm not knocking devotionals completely. They've got a time and place. But Christian, if you're willing to take that God's word as a short devotional, no wonder you don't know your God. No wonder you struggle to love God the way you should. Because if all you're getting is a little devotional out of context and in shortness, you're missing the big picture. You're cheating yourself out of coming closer to our God and creating peace. Open the Bible, pick a book this week, and just start reading. If you've got five minutes, read for five minutes. The next morning, pick up right where you left off and read again. Read large chunks of scripture. If you've never tried sitting and reading the Bible, one book at a time in one sitting, you're missing out because you get the beauty of what's happening. You're gonna miss a little things, yes, but you get the big picture. Read the Bible. But then as you read, don't quickly jump from what does this say to me? Too many Christians were told, what does this say to me? And that's the first thing they run to. No wonder we don't fear God because it starts and begins with us instead of God. What
1: does it say
0: of God? Should be our first question. What does this text, what does this passage, what does this chapter, what does this book have to say of the God you made? Start there. We can begin, begin to understand, or begin to see what does this say of our God in the word of Him, right? And then we can see what does this actually say of man, a fallen man in my broken human nature. The application is a common way. The start of the What is our God revealed about him? And then what does he say about my brokenness and then my addiction? Let's seek and fear God as we grow to know him and study of him. That is what we need to see. We need to be students of the Word, students of God. We need to all be theologians. That word simply means study of God study God and grow in our fear of Him. And when we fear God, when we rightly see God and understand the he He's God to pursue us then and only then will we rightly begin to keep His commandments. The obedience of faith comes and flows out not our own efforts but out of the deepest of our love God. But what did Jesus tell those who rebuked the woman for coming in and washing his feet with her tears and wiping her hair? You love me little. She has loved me much. She understood the depth of what God had done for her, not me. We can't rightly keep the commands scripture until we understand the depth of the love of God for us in Christ.
1: And only through the power of the gospel, Christ in us, can we begin to keep his commandments. Obedience
0: flows out of deep love for Jesus. Brothers and sisters, our duty has been laid out clearly for us. It's to love God Love others. These are the great commandments that Christ has given us, but it all starts with the fear of God. Friends, we must remember our Creator. If we don't remember our Creator, we fail to see that He owns us, that we belong to Him. He has a right to call the shots. If we fail to see our I need mean, to fear God, we miss God, and we miss the death of our own creator. Let us see the beauty of our redeemer. Let us worship you, and walk in the obedience of the faith, a faith that is driven out of our love, for the God who has loved us, Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercy and grace. God, I pray that we would be able to grow in fear of you, and we would tremble before you because of knowing our unworthiness, and yet knowing the grace and love you have shown us in Christ. God, be with us. Help us in this task. In Jesus' name we pray.